Metu Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tabuti and the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation, Chapter 5, The Two Great Realms of Being. All potters know that the clay they work on has two fundamental states. Its original, unformed, or under or unordered state and the other which is formed or ordered into things. The same is true of reality. All that is real falls into one of two fundamental divisions. By fundamental is meant that there is no possibility for further division. One division corresponds to a mode of reality that is lacking in form, objectivity, definition, etc. We will call this division of chaos, the subjective realm. The other division corresponds to the mode of reality in which energy, matter, has been ordered into forms, objects. This division is called the objective realm due to the fact that it is in that objects, thoughts, emotions, physical things are found. The being that is the synthesis of life in both realms is called netter in the comedic tradition. Its conceptualization goes beyond the concept of the supreme Godhead that is used by most spiritual traditions to represent the supreme being. All manifestations of itself through which it creates and maintains the world, including the Godhead, are called the the netur. It is easy to see this term is the origin of the Latin terms natura, natura, neutral, eternitis, eternity, etc. Unfortunately, more space cannot be devoted to the subject, but discerning readers will see that will see in the comedic notion about the supreme being a deeper understanding than it is to be found in other traditions who limit it to the subjective realm. For our purpose, a useful synonym for the world is the objective realm. In this book, the term objective, when referring to the world, manifested reality, etc., will appear capitalized to distinguish our usage from one of its popular denotations, impartial, impersonal, unconditioned view, etc. The term kin to object from the prefix ab refers to all that has form and therefore denotes all that is perceptible. In the same manner, we will qual—we will qualify the term subjective. Excluded is the denotation of partiality, condition view, personal, etc. The term kin to such terms as submerged, substrata, substance, etc. from the prefix sub, which refers to all that is under, therefore incapable of being perceived. So we have two fundamental divisions in the realm of being, one which is submerged, i.e. imperceptible, perceptible and the other perceptible. The imperceptibility of the subjective realm is based on the fact that in it there are no sub-objects. The 
derivation of the name objective realm from the fact that it is the place of the object is obvious. The importance of these concepts will be realized from the consideration of the fact that most people limit their acknowledgement of reality to what is perceptible. Yet, not only is reality not limited to the perceptible, objective region, it originates beyond it in the subjective realm. The subjective realm. There are no, there are no things in the subjective realm. What then is there? It must be comprehended first that, first of all, that all the objects making up the world are modifications of an eternally subsisting energy matter. The term exists refers to the objectified reality that the term subsists must be used to refer to subjective elements in a homogeneous and unmodified state in the subjective realm. It must be understood that where there is absolutely no differentiation, there cannot be perception. Contrary to the characteristics of Western scientific thinking, the modification of this universal underlying substance into the set of related things we call the world does not occur by chance. It is the result of conscious, intelligent action. Although imperceptible, lacking form, the consciousness and will of being, netter, also reside in the subjective realm, with full consciousness of itself as infinite potential of expression, Netter wills its energy matter to modify itself as the infinitude of forms manifesting in as the world. Let's note, therefore, that the creative elements of being are imperceptible. So in our are the Canaanite names given to the unmanifested, undifferentiated energy matter. In the subjective realm, while Soph corresponds to the undifferentiated feminine polarity we designate as matter, or root of aura, which is light, is the undifferentiated masculine polarity we designated we designate as energy. They are the substance and energy underlying all forms and activities in the world. In the Kometan tradition, the matter side of the subjective realm is referred to as Nu, and the energy polarity Ra. In the Kemetic book of the knowing, of knowing the manifestation of Ra, written around 2500 BC, we have quote, the words of Nebetcher, the Lord of the world, which he spoke after coming into being. I am he who came into being in the form of the infinite power of manifestation. I became the creator of what came into being. After my coming into being, many were the things which came into being. Coming forth from my mouth, not existed heaven, not existed earth, not had been created the things on the earth and creeping things in that place i raised them out of new from the state of inactivity not found i a place to stand wherein i eradicated worlds of power with my will i laid a foundation in the law 
and made and I made all attributes. I was alone for not I had for not had I split out the form of shoe not had I admitted Tefnut not existed another who worked with me. I made a foundation by means of my will and there came into being the multitude of things. I became from God one, God's three, that is from out of myself, end quote. The text continues with the creation of men and other things in the world through the interaction of Shu, Yang, the Tefna, Yin, besides corroborating what has been said thus far in this chapter it introduced a very important point that cannot be passed by here we have a written confirmation that monotheists existed in ancient egypt much earlier than the birth of abraham and over a thousand years before akhenaten and moses in the bantu the south african nations tradition Subjective matter is to in the Yoruba, it is Oladamar, mare. In the Ankh of West Africa, it is name, etc. Let's paraphrase the above by noting that all that was, is, and can ever be are all modifications of the undifferentiated energy matter and unconditioned consciousness will of subjective being therefore all that we have been now are and can never be are modifications of the original subjective being we can therefore make the following conclusions about ourselves one as the energy matter like unmolded clay is undifferentiated it can assume any shape its power of attainment is omnipotent. If the energy matter making up our being is rooted in this energy matter, we also partake of its omnipotence, of course, in kind, but not magnitude. Two, as the consciousness will of subjective being is not conditioned by any limitations of energy matter, as there are no forms there to do so, its potential to will is unlimited. It is therefore omniscient, as our consciousness will is rooted in the consciousness will of subjective being. We also partake in its quality. Number three, there are, as there are no limitations of time and space in the subjective realm, being is therefore eternal and infinite i.e. omnipresent, we also partake in this quality. This may seem to fly in the face of experience, but objections are soon dealt with by noting the fact that there are many people with spiritual abilities that are out of the ordinary. And this is one of the chief roles of cosmo cosmogony, it enables you to know what is ahead in the field of human growth. Like a map, it guides you to where you haven't been. It keeps you from defining your it keeps you from defining yourself around the present level of mankind's evolutionary attainment or your growth to date. 
the defining of man in terms of the common faculties that mankind has thus far evolved is the chief impediment to further growth. Wow. The objective realm. It is not enough to know the world is a modification of subjective being. We cannot understand our being, the purpose of life, and how we should live unless we have a clear understanding of how and why the subjective being creates the world. Let's begin by recalling the notion that energy matter in the subjective realm is not differentiated into forms and that if there are no things to be perceived, then consciousness can only be conscious of being conscious. This state of consciousness can be achieved and has been achieved by humans and is called the Kometan meditation system, the deity Tem or Temu native being, and in the Indus Valley system, Asam, ooh, I cannot pronounce that word, As, Asam Parnata Sarvankla in Nirvana, pure consciousness without objects of consciousness. An in-depth look at the subject will show that in the subjective realm, there can only be one being. For there to be others, there must be differentiations of energy matter into bodies, which serve as the means of separating each being from the other. Infinite and internal, infinite and eternal this being is all alone it is one without a second as a thought it is as a thought is a differentiation of the energy matter it isn't even thinking it has not even the thought i am conscious no things no needs no identity in the Kometan tradition being on this level is called the deity amen meditate on your being conscious and you will get a glimpse of the fact that what is in you is conscious, is itself imperceptible and concealed. The subjective realm, therefore, is the hidden plane of reality where being dwells. All manifestations are the differentiations of the energy matter of this level, the objectification of the substantive basis of all forms. The reason, therefore, for the creation of the world, the differentiation of the original energy matter into things is to give, is to give being experience. The subjective realm is life. The objective realm is living. Being versus doing. The slightest thought, the faintest feeling is already an objectification of energy matter, a world in itself. All alone, without thoughts, without experience, no me and you and it, subjective beings creates, differentiates its energy matter into the world that it may have experience. I like to use the following metaphor, although it is crude and somewhat inaccurate. Imagine yourself all alone suspended somewhere in a dark, bottomless and surfaceless expanse of water. 
bored to death, aren't you? One day you realize that your body is composed of billions of cells, so you transfer your consciousness into several millions of your cells, and suddenly you are no longer alone, and the adventure begins. And suppose you forgot that you are not really the cells, and the drama begins and goes on until you have been knocked around pretty good by some bacteria and viruses, and the supernaturalization begins. Yes, all alone without thoughts, feelings, or a second with whom to interact. Subjective being differentiates a portion of its infinite energy matter into an enclosed circle. Within it, it differentiates its energy matter uh, um, into billions of galaxies with their trillions of stars. And how many Earths? And many of the latter, it fills with people and transfers its consciousness into them and adventure begins. Temporarily, perhaps for a short period of billions of years, the embodied consciousness forgets that it is not only really these things within which it dwells on these earths. Then it tries, then it tires of the knocks and the journey back begins not until of course every single ray of incarnated consciousness has been liberated from its earthly tomb men have found the way back and stopped all the edge stopped at the edge in the Kemetan tradition are called Ausar and the Indus Valley tradition ba ba bu uh, B-O-O-B-O-D-D-H-I-S-A-T-T-V-A-S. They are the only ones who truly deserve the title sage. The mapping of the way down and back is the function of a cosmogony. The transition from absolute undifferentiation in the subjective realm to the earthly existence does not proceed in one step. It is graduated progression designed to maintain a connection at each and every step between the qualities of subjective being and the purpose of creating the world. That is to say, each step towards manifestation of earthly existence is qualified to maintain an equilibrium between being and doing, life and living, the nothingness of subjective being and the infinite numbers of things of the earthly plane, the infiniteness and eternalness of the subjective realm and the finiteness in time and space of the objective realm. And we'll end the reading here in chapter 5, page 54.